thank you for joining us this week on project by us podcast make sure you visit the instagram page at est1988 and you can subscribe to the show via spotify itunes google podcast or breaker so you'll never miss a show while you're at it if you found value in this show we'd appreciate any feedbacks or if you simply tell a friend about the show that would help us out in tremendously make sure you tune in um every two weeks i say every two weeks but um yeah at the moment i'm working on every two weeks but hopefully just tuning every now and then just to see our updates i would also post updates on instagram as well and thank you yes and once again i'm your host elliot olimide and welcome to the project by us podcast I'm sure Toby Toby already started. That's why. Wait, I thought. Wait, I thought we already started. <laughs> no, no, we have time. We're, we're starting now. So, so that was so, so that was just practice. Oh, that was just practice. That was just practice. Oh right. man. All right, let's get started. I, I was, I was, I was thinking. If this is a podcast, why is uh, why is uh, Benjamin becoming so rascal like that on on podcast? But uh, oh my goodness! Elliot, Elliot, he's been recording. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just recording it now. I'm just start recording it. Wow. Okay. All right. No worries. No worries. Anyways, guys, um, we're gonna start in about ten seconds. No, no, no. All right, guys, welcome to the Project Bias podcast. Um, I'd like to um, welcome my good Aussie pal, Toby, in, in the land under. Well, what do you call it, Toby? Is it? We, 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 call, it, we call it Down Under. Down Australia, under. Australia, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> my Aussie pal, Toby. I have my, I, I newly wed. Uh, Bishop Dio. Yeah. Uh, we hello, have, hello. Yeah, yeah. And we have our other bishop, Benjamin. Yeah. Yeah, I've told you I'm not a bishop, I'm the finance secretary. You're, you're my bishop, bro. You're my bishop. <laughs> you're my bishop. Hi right. guys, how you doing? Good man, good man. It's nice to have you here. Um yeah, just I just thought um obviously Ben brought this idea to me in terms of like working life or working culture. Um, just gonna go through the panel just to see what everyone does on their Monday to Friday kind of jobs. And we'll start with Toby, what do you do? What, what's your job? Um, you know, I do a bit of this, a bit of that. <laughs> <a bit of, laughs> but, uh, but now, um, I, so I, I work in corporate. So I work for an engineering manufacturing company, mm-hmm. uh, manufacturing lifts and escalators. So my role is, leading the national business on major project um, essentially just managing a sales team across the country mm-hmm. um, on major construction projects so that's what i do okay so that sounds complicated <laughs> uh, it, it is it is but it's interesting very interesting one it's a it's a lot of moving parts uh, can be political sometimes uh, a lot of lobbying involved but um it's uh, it's enjoyable Okay, that's good. That's good. What, what about you, Uncle, uh, uh, Uncle Ben? Um, my current title is a Scrum Master, um, but 
it's also slash agile coach so what i do essentially is i work with development teams to find better ways of working and by development team i mean software delivery so people that build like i don't know websites or build some sort of like product or services mm -hmm. digital services um currently working for one of the big electric white goods um electrical companies in the, in the uk Okay. okay. Sounds complicated as well. Um, <laughs> Dial. Yes, sir. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> so um, I'm also a sales consultant. And, um, right now, that's my title. And I work for an engineering firm. Um, uh, similar to Toby, actually. So um, it's the same organization. So I'm in corporate. And um, I get to I get to see a lot of dynamics going on at work um, as well. Yeah, so that's what I do for now. Okay, you you all seem to gather these with like just just a general question. Was this like a dream job? Like when you was going through uni, was this like a is this what you envisaged? If that makes sense, is this is this kind of like what you no. No, <laughs> um, de 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 definitely not. And it's all it's all been it's all been sort of just follow how the wind is blowing, and then you <laughs> you land in this sort of sort of a thing. Um, I think the, the only thing I knew coming out of uni was because um, I I studied engineering, mechanical engineering. Uh, mm -hmm. The only thing I knew was I didn't want to sit at a computer desk designing all day. Um, okay. So yeah. Uh, this was just a case of look at what's out there um sort of align that with your personal interest and what you think you're good at and that, that's how i ended up in this role what about you toby is this is this what you envisage uh look for me it's uh i mean uh, nothing nothing i'm doing now is where i thought i would be right so my mine was very funny so in fact Coming off uni, um, I was living in the Air Force, thinking I was going to go into the Air Force fully as a pilot. I decided to do my master's, and from that, I decided actually the uh, the military was not for me. Um, I'm going to uh, go back into or go towards the corporate route. Now, how I end up with the company I'm working for now is, to be honest with you, very random. I mean, finishing uni, I was applying to every job, and I mean every job out there um yeah. it's it's i mean i would literally just walk past a any building oh what does that company do i look on their website here if they, if they have any job vacancy that's literally and uh, so basically i work for a lift company and okay. how i got to working for this lift company is as simple as i walked into a lift i saw oh the brand of the lift manufacturer I'm, yeah, let me just check their website and see what they do and then i applied and before you know it i got in their global graduate training program and you know 10 11 years later now i'm in australia with the company <laughs> leading the australia major project business so it's um it's it's all random but one thing that's always been constant with me throughout uh university is my ability on to sell and to talk to people and to and to lobby and, and to actually uh to to develop relationships um so i've always sort of been into that um sales and business development space for the business so that's kind of, that's how that's how i kind of got into what what i'm doing now and um you know 10 years has just flown by mm. when when you say when you say when you say lobbying is that like a, a sweet word for bribe okay yeah so okay so just to, 
to put it this way, right? So when I'm, I'm telling I'm selling major projects, so just look at the the skyline of London or Sydney or Singapore. So I'm talking your skyrise uh, major construction projects. So before a building is even thin, I'm already lobbying and working with. Once we have, there's an announcement that okay, there's going to be a project or stadium developed, for instance, in 10 years time. Um, so for instance, now a typical example would be. Uh, there's now talks about, for instance, the, the Olympics coming to um, um, Brisbane in Australia in 2032. Um, and on that, my job is already started. So I'm already, you know, trying to work with government contractors to find out which one of them is, you know, what the government is working on. Eventually, when they release a plan, the government will select construction companies to say, OK, you build Stadium A, you build Stadium B. I'm already working with architects potentially to say, OK, to make sure that when they develop their specification, <laughs> to make sure that they're developing that specification with my product design in mind. So there's too many moving parts. So on one hand, um, I'm working with my uh, government connects to, to try and obviously find out what's coming down to the pipeline. I'm working with private construction companies to try and find out which one of them is going to be bidding on construction projects for the Olympics. Um, I'm working with architects to see which architects will be getting engaged. Um, again, I'm also working with uh, my own factory, my own manufacturing plant, etc. to say, okay, what's our capacity? So there's there's too many, too many uh, stakeholders, so to speak, that I, I have to deal with. So that, that does involve uh, a great deal of lobbying. So, you know, one minute I'm having a cup of tea with a, a potential client the next minute i'm having i'm having lunch with architects to go through specifications so it's there's just okay. that's what i mean by by lobbying so there's okay. always a little bit of legwork happening okay that sounds it sounds active oh very active what about you mr ben did you envisage what, what you're doing now was it something that you envisaged when you was in uni mm, no no when i was in uni i actually <clears throat> I started off doing engineering as well and then I, I sort of like moved away from engineering and I went into like studying politics because I wanted to work for the United Nations and then somehow I ended up landing in sales so I worked as a sales manager as well for quite a while. I remember working with Toby um, doing a lot of like presentations, he, he used to open with like CVs and presentations. Um, but about four years ago, I decided to, to have a career change and go into tech. Um, it was it was about four years ago that I actually made up my mind to do something different. So where I found myself now is where I actually planned to be four years ago. But before then, it was always like engineering and then NGO stuff like, well, yeah. Um, well, I, I think I, I could actually say, like I said before, four years ago was when I actually started making the, the legwork to be to be where I currently find myself. Okay. Okay. It sounds, that's, it sounds like a happy ending, no pun intended, but it sounds very... You, you ended up where you were meant to be. Um, yeah, happy ending in terms of, you know, having a career change is not something easy. I mean, you, you need to consider a lot of stuff you know like not just financial but also going to, into like a new area um i was i was working for a company i was selling like um it's interesting what toby said actually you know how he explained that he's already looking now for contracts for something that is planned for 2032 
Mm. I worked for a company that was selling things. Um, if you imagine like like a football stadium, you know, all the like cameras they would need, all the cables they would need, yeah. data centers. I did something similar whereby the project you're working on could be something that's like 10 years out. Um, so from that point of view, I, I, I felt like it was interesting but then i felt like it wasn't what i was i wanted to do my life long and i then had to switch into like tech which is where so it is good in that sense but at the same time it's not the end of the journey there's still a lot of things to learn there's still a lot of things to to grow into but so far it's 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 paid off to make that that switch nice 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 so like okay like i've got a, a good feel of what you've all do so like and um, then for you personally like i do you believe that you I understand that you've had a career change uh, mm-hmm. and stuff. Are you fulfilled in your job, or do you, or do you believe that you one could ever be fulfilled in their job? Um, am I fulfilled? Um, the, the, the simple answer to that question is, for now, yes. Um, why for now? Because this is what I, I wanted to do. Since I made up my mind to do something else. I've sort of like done everything to get me into this position, um, you know, from going to like meetups, I went to like a crazy amount of meetups, um, met new people, created new new connection, you know, learned a lot of stuff by myself, did a lot of certifications, um, just to prepare myself for the role. And then I started, I started out from the bottom. So from that point of view, yes, it's fulfilled, but at the same time, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Okay. That, if that makes sense. No, I understand that. So, the, the, so ideally, is you're, you're more content with your current situation. Yes. Okay. You know. What, what about you, Dio? Are you do, do do you believe? Do you subscribe to fulfillment at work? Yeah. So um, I, I quite agree with with uh, Ben that I did this. It's almost like a moving goalpost. So you at the moment you have like a target and, or a vision for yourself and um so for me right now um my vision or what what i what i can see for myself is to be in a job whereby i can connect with people you know actually want to get up one day and say oh let me get my laptop and see what's happening you know i actually want to i want to do be able to do that without being like i'm just going in to get paid um, so in that sense, I feel fulfilled because I can uh, make those level of interaction. Now, I don't know what would happen in two years time when when I have another, um, you know, a lot of things to do or what I have other things to that will come into my life and I, I want something else in life. Um, maybe that would change. But I think in terms of where I'm in my life, um, the, the, the job that I made currently it suits that perfectly. So I would then that's the where the fulfillment comes from. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Mr. Mr. Toby, in terms of in terms of fulfillment, is is would you say money is money is the driving factor to fulfillment? Ha. <laughs> uh, look, um, yeah, I think I think money is a big factor, right? Money is a definitely a big factor. I mean, for me, I think there's a distinct difference between uh, fulfillment and satisfaction, right? Mm. Um, I, I don't think, personally, I don't think I could ever be in a... I mean, it, it's really hard to say, but I don't think I could ever be in a position where I feel like that's it, my job is done, uh, you know, I'm happy and that's it. But I think I'm always going to be in a position where I always want more. 
right? Yeah. Um, I mean, being, being Nigerian, we've always had this mentality of, I'm not sure if you guys remember as a child, our parents always sing this song, oh, good, better, best, I will never rest until my good is better and my better, best, right? <laughs> so it's almost like, and one thing I've realized is every time I aim for a, a higher, will it be a higher position or higher salary mm-hmm. uh, or whatever the case may be, and I get there, the next thing I'm going is, okay, what's next? You know, I mean, even though I may have spent two years really working towards a certain target and I get and I go, actually, nah, I can do better than this, right? So I think I'm always going to be in that position where I'm always going to be aiming for something higher and better. Um, but am I satisfied? Am I fulfilled? I think yes, uh, somewhat fulfilled, satisfied. I would say if I was a scale of 100, I would say I'm always going to be that sort of 70, right? Um, because I think there's always going to be something that will that will come up and make me think. Actually, nah, you need to go for the next item. Um, and a, a quick, quick, quick example, without going on too much, is like, say you get to a new job and then you look at both of you. Sometimes you go, oh, I can do what my boss is doing. Or I can do that job better than that person, mm. or that job better than that person. But you only get, you only see that once you get to a certain stage, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So the next, so automatically, you start working towards to get there because you go, actually, I can do better. Like my skills or, or whatever attributes that I have can be in that next position. So um, I'm not sure if that answers your question a little bit. Right. It, it answers it because I, like, like I think it kind of touches onto the complicated, I think it's a complicated question as well. Like one can never be truly fulfilled with remaining still. I don't think anyone wants to remain still, ideally. I think everyone kind of wants to keep progressing. Um, and, and, and on that as well, it's like, it's like I, I, was think, I was asking myself, what if I was working for myself, you know, working for corporate, right? Mm-hmm. I think the bottom line is knowing me, I'm still going to be in the same um, scenario that I always want more, even if I'm working for myself. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Um, if, if I could just... At the back of what Toby just said, I'd just like to make some, some quick points and uh, before, before I forget. So, Toby mentioned about us being Nigerian and, and I think we all know what being Nigerian means in terms of having this drive to just to be successful, this constant drive to be successful. It's yeah. something that's been drilled in us right from when we were children. So, we all have that. But more recently, I've started to question some of those things so don't don't get me wrong I, i'm not saying i'm not saying it's it's not a good thing to have that drive mm. but what what i've started to to see as 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 the older i get and i think I, i'm getting a bit wiser is just that i feel like this constant chase of the next thing this constant i have to do better so for example i'm making one thousand pounds and then I want to make two thousand pounds, and then I want to make two thousand five, and I want to make five thousand pounds. Um, what I'm starting to 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 notice is that it's never going to end. I'm mm. always going to want more money. I'm always going to want to chase more. So what I'm asking myself is, at what point do I say, okay, this at this point I'm making enough money, and I want to just be happy. So now money isn't the only thing um, for me. For me now, it's more important to be able to spend more time with my family. It's more important to be able to do things that I just want to do. And it's not just about wanting to go to work and earn more money. And I think even if I was self-employed, 
I would still try to 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 put this into my my kind of like my style because what what I've, I tend to notice is that if you remember when we were younger, we didn't have much money because we we're just like going uni, you know, doing these odd part time jobs and everything. Mm. Then we had loads of time, you know, but we didn't have enough money. Mm. Now we're chasing so much money, and we still don't have the time. By the time you then retire, you have so much time and so much money. Then you die two years after. <laughs> and, and, and to me, that's just a, it's just something I don't think is. I personally, I I am yeah. constantly like thinking about this 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 point, and I'm open. In fact, just one one final thing to add to that. One of my goals in my next assignment, any job I get next, is to negotiate a contract that that makes sure that I work less. Even if that means I might, I might have to end less, I do not mind. And that would come in, in, in the form of maybe working four days a week because I just feel like I need to find the balance. And I'm going to add two more things later, but I'll just give, give somebody else to make uh, I, say something. I heard, I, heard, I heard everything you say and, and touching on the cultural thing. Obviously, I think you, you guys, I believe, grew up, like we're all Nigerians, obviously. Um, but I feel like in terms of the drive and how, how parents push you to keep chasing, 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 like my mom didn't necessarily push me because, you know, there's a saying that if you're not a lawyer, doctor, or an engineer, you're a, you you're a failure kind of thing. My mom had a different type of um, mindset when she was bringing me up in terms of like, she said, Elliot, as, do something you enjoy but do something that you enjoy, but make sure you're doing it well, if that makes sense. And, mm-hmm. I feel like, and I think that's what's always kind of stayed with me. So like, I remember when I was young, I wanted, I actually wanted to be a lawyer when I was young. And my teachers in school was like, Ellie, you're not going to enjoy it, Jansan. And the teachers and my mom could have this dialogue and the teacher goes, Ellie, it's really good at sports, Jansan. So I believe that he should join, like, I, you know, no joke, I almost joined the army at one point. And my mom wasn't too happy with that. So, like, she was like, Elliot, you could go, you could go to this college and it's a specific sports college and you could go work, you could go work in American stuff. And I did that. And, and, that's, and I think that's where I kind of found myself in terms of, because, I, like, I have I have a assumption that if I, if I question what most of your guys, your dads have done, you guys are probably ideally doing the kind of same thing your parents have done. Is, is that, would that be, like, a fair assumption? Like, what does your dad, what did your dad do, Toby, for instance, growing up? Good, good, good question. What did my, what did my dad do? Um, it's always been around that sort of uh, political government um, or civil service environment, mm. um, I should say. Um, I, I, I never quite fully understood the full details of, of his job, to be honest with you. Um, but it's always been that sort of government, you know, just like any sort of middle class uh, Nigerian, I guess, yeah. um, in, in, in many ways. Um, how did it affect me? I don't, I don't necessarily think, um, I don't necessarily think it's the way, it's the whole drive that was instilled in me. I think naturally, personally, or maybe mm. it's indirectly, I don't know. Naturally, I'm just, I'm just a go-getter. I just, I just want to be better, and I, I, I feel naturally challenged, even when I'm not challenged. When I see, um, when I see a bigger opportunity or a better way, I can improve myself. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's just something that it's nice. It kind of just occupies my mind, keeps me busy. In line with what Benjamin said. Um, 
a lot of that is changing in many ways. I'm more concerned about work-life balance than I used to be. Um, now I've been a dad um, and uh, there's certain aspects to that, but I think the, the drive and determination in me will always be a, a big part of, of why I am because as much as, yeah, it may take some time, as much as, you know, it's, you know, sometimes stressful, I think it's just actually, in a way, I think it actually keeps me happy naturally mm. just going for something bigger it's like a challenge that i i just go for do you know what i mean yeah i get it i get it what, what about you what about you Dario? like like culturally as we touched on earlier has that like is, is there a nigerian thing to to do what you do um well okay so the my mine was quite interesting because um i, I i'm not i didn't do anything that my parents um, so the, my, my dad was an accountant, my mom was a nurse. So, I mean, I, there was no way I was going to injections or blood. <laughs> so I was never, <laughs> I was never interested in that part. However, for, for the accountancy bit, um, he, he just, I mean, he just used to hide all the stuff that I was doing. So I was like, he, even though I was intrigued to find out, it wasn't like a career that I wanted to go into. But what was interesting was we had, um, our cousins that used to come round, and um, this this particular one of them was a it was a mechanical engineer. So I think he had a very big job at that point. With um, I think it was PNG. So he would he would come round to the house and be cars. And I think he was uh, I don't I wasn't sure what his role was at the point. But he would come up and you know be cars every time to the house. So I'm always like wow I want that sort of that sort of thing. You know the flash maybe the flashiness or the comfort. Or whatever so that was what shaped me into saying i'm going to study whatever you study because that's the only way to get a flashy car you know mm-hmm. and and then it, it's it sort of i guess shaped my 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 thought and like whatever stage I'm, I'm in i'm kind of thinking okay how do i get to the next stage how do i get that okay you've got to work hard you got to do this you got to do that so eventually um that changed to me being like i'm gonna Yes, I, I love the maths, I can work out, I can solve all these calculations and whatever, but it's it's not going to give bring money, I'm not enjoying it. And so I tried to look for, for something else. So to really, um, it was just the things around me, things I was seeing that was sort of um, guiding sort of my, my path. And then as soon as you sort of achieve, um, I guess, a certain level of um, what you call maybe target or something, then you kind of okay, what's next? And then you push what's next, what's next? So at the point where like where I moved into sales, um, I was I was sort of done with engineering. I was like, okay, what's the next thing to what's the next challenge to, to get into? Yeah. Um and then I made a swap. And then it, now I'm like recently I just I just joined this company and it was almost like okay, I've been in this industry, then what's the next thing to do? Okay, then then I changed. So it, it's um it, yeah, that, that's the thing that's shaped me um, up until now, rather than what, what my parents have, have done. It's just that, that push to, to get it there. Okay. Okay. It's nice. It's not, ben, you touched on that you, you, ideally you would like to work four times, less less days a week. Yes. Do you do, what, do, you, what do you do outside work, particularly? Do you side hustle? Um, so I, I don't really have any side also. Um, obviously, I do. I do spend a lot of time trying to like invest in stock market and you know cryptocurrencies. But um, 
I do have some ideas I, w- I would like to play with, but you know, they they are they aren't things that I could they aren't things I could do physically with myself. So it's either I raise funding to do them, or I need to find people that could help make it happen. Um, but in, in terms of side hustle, I wouldn't say that's my side hustle. Um, my my reasoning for wanting to work less, it's not it's not just because I want to necessarily make more money. If that makes sense. It's it's more about just wanting to do other things that are more important to me in life than just chasing the same bag every day mm. so i i read a book and I, I would like to recommend it to 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 the lads and to your listeners as well and i'm sure you probably some of you have probably come across it. it's called um the, the heart of giving no f i don't want to use the, the the word but basically i don't i don't know if if you've come across that book before and I, I'm just going to Google it very quickly so I can give you the author's name as well. But when I read this book, I just felt like it sort of like touched upon a lot of things that I've been thinking about initially, which is how do I, as a person, try to have an LT, um, LT work-life balance? How do I stop chasing? Because essentially what, what i've done in the, in the last three years i've worked for like four organizations yeah. um and it's always it's not always just about making more money of course i've made more money loads of more money but it was also because i was developing my career and one of the things i came across at some point was there is a limit so there is a limit to so the more money you there's, there's a point you eat there's a threshold of amount of money you make where your happiness is no longer dependent on 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 the amount of money you earn. Does that make sense? Mm. And I think I think the, the number is I think in the US I think it's like seventy five thousand dollars. So don't don't quote me on that. But there's a there's a threshold of the amount of money you make at which point your happiness or your satisfaction is no longer dependent on that money. And I think I feel like that at the moment. I feel like I'd rather have a good work-life balance where I have the the, the, the the freedom to work when I want to work, where I want to work, what time I want to work, um, without having to explain myself to anybody. Um, you know, just have this freedom to do what I want to do, but still, at the same time, still do my work and be more productive than just continue continuously chasing this this paper and this goal. Um, I don't know if I've shared it, with, but I'm sure I'm sure I've shared it with some of the guys before. My goal is to retire at fifty. That's okay. that's eleven years time. <laughs> yeah. And what I'm doing now is basically everything that gets me to that goal is what I'll do. If that means I have to change job ten times in between ten months, I'll do that. <laughs> because that's my goal. Okay. That's, um, that's, like, so you so, sorry to cut you. So you think about retirements now? Of course, it's very important. Okay. very important you have to think about your retirement now in fact i i was saying to toby um, not not too long ago that i actually took all my money for my pension that, that i've i got from my previous companies i took it away from those companies to invest it myself now some people have said to me ben that's crazy you could lose all the money and i said yeah that's fine but I, there's nobody that has my interest more than myself than, than myself. You get what I mean? So I've taken all the money away from the companies and say, thank you very much for giving me all this money. 
but I'm going to go do something that I feel is in my best interest with this money. So, and again, that's because I'm already thinking about what do I do when I get to that age where I want to stop working. Um, and I'm sure most of the guys are doing it as well. It, it would be very stupid to start thinking about your retirement when you retire. It's something you have to do <laughs> now because at that time or that point, it's already too late. Mm. Interesting. Toby, Toby, do you think about retirement? Uh, I do, um, but I do, I do think uh, in this age that we're leaving, I think retirement is something that's somewhat um, uh, is it overestimated or overthought about? Is, is the word I think I'm, I'm looking for because um, I get what Ben is saying with regards to. Uh, you've got to make sure that you're in a position that when you retire, you live a life that's not, you know, stressful or self-sufficient. But I think there's, it's a whole totally different conversation. There's an element of, you need to be in a position where your money, by that point, is making you more money. So the money that you already have is what's doing the work, making you more money, not you. Um, and I think there's also an element of, we do underestimate how much involved we are with our money, right? It doesn't matter. You can have the biggest piece of life or just a really easy going life. At the end of the day, you still one way. You may not be, you may not be going to the office every day or, or making a lot of calls every day. But there's an element of you that still your head is still always going to be calculating. It's still going to be working. Okay, what do I need to do? What's happening today? There's only so much golf you can play until you get tired once you once you once you retire. Because you have to understand, at the age of 50, you potentially still have about 40 years to go. <laughs> what, I mean, what, what are you going to do for 40 years? And one thing I've noticed in in certainly in the corporate world is I look at a lot of people that are retired. You know what they always do? They always come back and sit on the boards of the company they left or act as a consultant to the company. So i.e. when a company gets into trouble or needs some sort of critical strategic advice, they bring these people back, even if it's for a month or a day or whatever the case may be. So I think there will always be an element of me that will continue to work until I die, if I'm being honest. Um, but but not so much the the kind of work that I'm doing now, where you know I, I'm I'm doing teleconference from from you know morning till dawn or, or whatever the case may be. Um, I think there's so yeah I, I do to answer your question I do think about retirement, uh, but my my thinking of retirement is. It's, it's almost like it's less work. It's not so much no work at all. It's like less work, still making money. And, you know, now you're going to have all the time in the world to do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, just on the money and on the money aspects, let's, I know there's people say, oh, you know, I, I think it was uh, Ben mentioned about um, potential threshold uh, on coat on coat of, about $70,000 of, you know, happiness, right? But then when you start to think about it, the reality is you're asking people that potentially maybe don't even see themselves earning past 100K or 150K. One thing I know is, and then they say money doesn't make you happy. Hey, but it goes a long way. It helps. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. Like there's a difference between if uh, you can be, don't get me, you can be satisfied, you know, driving a Vauxhall Corsa, but if you sit in a Range Rover, you'll be extremely satisfied, <laughs> right? 
So this there's this is so, this is this is what we've been this is the consumerism thing, isn't it? So I'm not saying it's wrong to to not want to want good things in life. But what I'm saying is Chase. It, it's not necessary. It's not as if if I don't if I don't drive a Range Rover, then my life is gonna come to an end. You see what I'm trying to say? So there's nothing wrong if I mean if if you if you if you made a deal and you you got like ten million pounds, I wouldn't say go because seventy five thousand is the amount that makes you happy. Go get rid of money. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is we we have this. It's 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 almost like like you already said. You get a job, you get a new job, you get paid more money, and then when you get there, you start thinking about actually. I'm better than this person. I can do more. My question is, when does it stop? Right. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't strive to make more money, but I'm saying at some point we have to sit down and reflect and think about the things we actually think are more important in life. If it's money for you that you discover that it's more important for you, then that's fine. But I know from most people, from rich people, seriously rich people, they will tell you, you know, they will tell you, I have all this money, and then what? You know, it's. It's it's this thing that we feel like, you know, it's this again consumerism is what we see on Instagram. This person in Dubai showing us their private jet and things like that. But if you go be, below on that, if you go below the surface and look at it, you would see that it's not just about the money. Yes, money is good because it gets you the nice thing. But we're talking about yes satisfaction. We're talking about being fulfilled. And when you look about being fulfilled and not all this kind of stuff money is just a fraction of those things you need mm. now just to touch upon quickly what i said about retiring at 50 so when i mean retiring what i meant was where i actually stopped doing maybe working in the corporate field man working for people i could still be working by i don't know having some sort of investment where it's it's what i chose to do rather than having to do that if that makes sense okay so so it's like a it's like it's your choice to, exactly to wake up at 6 a.m Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard that. I heard that. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but like in terms of when I think about sorry, when I think about retirement, I haven't thought about it as deep as as most people. So I just think of like what I think as you know, as going on to fulfillment, I think my fulfillment in terms of work is not that so much that my kids will be spoiled after I'm gone. It's just so much that you know, like our parents worked hard so we don't have to work as hard as them so i feel like i just follow that kind of chain in command if that makes sense so my next my fulfillment when i want to retire is my kids shouldn't have to go through the same thing as i do jensen and in terms of like just going just going off a bit topic like do you do you guys still hold like i know toby toby you have a child ben has a child dio so it was fun come. But like, do you Not guys <laughs> You would say amen, bro? <laughs> so like do, do you like when you guys so those that have kids, what's your is university important to you in your child's life? If that makes sense. Uh good question. So I, I'm a fan believer that I think a basic level of so I think I think university education is is good. I don't think it's a a compulsory or a, a full need. Now, where I believe university education comes in is less so on the actual academic side of things. It's more so on the actual development side of things. So, for instance, right in the corporate world, I see 
like my for instance my older md never went to university right he kind of worked his way up within the company after 40 years so like as an apprentice he worked his way up the ladder as you go although he's very he's very smart right but one thing i note for people in corporate world that haven't gone to university and people that have gone to university is the the academic side of things really shows for people that have actually gone to university right in the sense of the way they present the way they talk the way they articulate themselves it's i'm not saying that's a generic um that's a general um uh, attribute all the way down to for everyone that went to university but but it's a certain element of um presentation that comes with it right but mm. saying that we're now living in a world where i mean since leaving school, when, when was the last time you used Pythagoras theorem, for instance? Right? It's, uh, a, a lot of what we learn in school is actually irrelevant in this day, right? Yeah, I mean, I can't even remember the last time I tried to use just manual calculation, even for the simplest thing. I work up a, a calculator or an Excel does all the analysis I need for me. Now we live in a world where we have softwares, we have tools. Um, even from an engineering perspective, Dayo's an engineer, I was an engineer, I did aerospace engineering. We used a lot of softwares and, and designs. I mean, we were talking silly numbers in numbers that you can't even imagine when you're doing calculation because they are imaginative numbers, essentially. And you go, nowhere in the world will you ever need that. And even if you did, a computer is doing all the calculation that you will ever need for you. So it begs the question, is there actually a need for a lot of courses? For some, for some aspects of the professional world, like you say you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, um, or what I call critical professions, right? I think there's a need for university education, obviously. I mean, you wouldn't want someone that hasn't studied trying to do an operation on you, right, in the hospital, <laughs> right? So there's, there's an element of that. But I think for the most general part, I think, Really, I think we're going to go into a world where apprenticeships or more hands-on practical um, courses will will be the way forward. Even I think even universities will try to we start to start adapting to more um, apprenticeship or more hands-on type um, courses, so to speak, less academic, more more practical. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. What, what about you, Daniel? What what's your thinking on the educational field? So, you know, I think, you know, when you, when you think about things these days, um, like, you know, anything you need, just go on YouTube, a uh, good five minutes, you can, you can get it done. Um, and you can practice, you know, very cheaply and get things done. So it makes formal education a lot more redundant as, as, um, as the years come by now. And with it, with technology and everything, it's it's also changing. I mean, this whole um, COVID period has also proved that that you know, without formal education, what's are going to happen to all the kids has been studying from home over the last whatever? Um, are they going to develop? And interestingly, they've you know, I think they've even developed way better than they would have if they were in school. So I, I really don't think there's a. I don't have anything to get out. You you must go to uni. You know, it gone are the days when we were going growing up, and <laughs> if you didn't go to, I think when I was actually when I was going to uni, if you didn't have a, um, okay, if you had a master's degree like an MEng or MSc, then you had a better prospects of getting a job, right? Mm -hmm. And even before I finished, that had already diminished within the four years of of being there. You know, that had already diminished. It was almost like oh, you now you did an MBA. Uh, and now what's next? PhD. So you see so many people doing a doctorate and all of that. So it's, you know, formal education is, is really um, 
not going to um it's it you don't have to make it compulsory for your kids but um i, I would however look at ways of uh, encouraging like a ways of you know investing in my kids so they can develop themselves around whatever shape form that is so um creative arts i don't know technology sports you know i would definitely sort of invest in all of those areas rather than um just make it compulsory to to attend a, a university degree because um it's been proven it it only opens doors for us uh, yeah. but the actual things that you do um it has no correlation with, with the formal education that you've achieved so i mean it's it's it's, it's proven in fact that uh, most first class students are probably the um, worst employees, right? And again, not all of them, because you know, if you want a researcher, then you probably want a first class student to, to be a researcher because they'll be good at it. But in, in, if you bring them into a day-to-day -day corporate environment, they would not be able to cope because they don't have the social skills to, to survive. Okay. So all these things put together will, makes me very easy on on uh, formal university education but the basic levels um yes that that's that's uh no no without a doubt they would attend that okay. what about you ben what's your what's your feel what's your feel on that on university on just like how like what kind of what kind of drive or push like like as they as we touched on our parents was kind of telling us that you kind of need to go university and stuff like that. I, I obviously, what about like when your kid grows up one day and just says, "Dad, you know, I'm thinking of wanting to do this, and it doesn't require me to go to university." How would you respond or engage with that? Um, I think that would be absolutely fine. I would still like to know what what it is he intends to do. Mm. Um, but university for me, I think, is one of those things again that it's it's. It's one of those things society has sort of like told us we have to do, and then it's, especially we have a background from from Africa, we have to go to uni, we have to do this, we have to do that. I lived in Germany for many many years, and in Germany, university is free, mm. and yet more people don't go to university. And in England, where it's actually expensive, more people go to university than in Germany. That tells there's, there's something that, that isn't right. So Germany has a very extensive apprenticeship program for almost everything. Um, obviously, besides your like um, medicine and things like that, but almost everything else, there's an apprenticeship for it. For, for example, a nurse would not go to university in Germany. You would just do your three years apprenticeship where you straight away get your hands-on experience in the hospital and you get paid for every year you do it. Yeah. So I definitely will be supporting my children, but at the same time, I I know it's easy to say let your child find your find their ways and do all this kind of stuff. That's great, but knowing what I know now and knowing what I know would come in the in the in the future, I would still want to have a conversation with them around the things that I I feel like would help them in future. So mm. for example, my brothers. I sort of like notched them into um, retraining as a, as, as a software engineers. So they, they went out to, to actually do a course, a three months intensive course, mm. where they are training now to be developers. Um, with, my, with my son now, I am really, really trying to nurture him into that area to do things like, you know, something tech related. I know some people might say, um, 
um, or we, I might be doing the same mistake like our parents did, which is, which were, they were always saying, oh, do engineering or do lawyer or do medicine. <laughs> I, I think that's, that's true. There, there is a risk to cross that, to, to fall into that space as well. But at the same time, you would be stupid to just tell your children to just do whatever they want, because yes, some people might do whatever they want and they might make it. Um, but the ones that do whatever they want and don't make it would, would fall back. Yeah. So we need to find a way to, you know, not 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 restrict your children from, you know, being creative and whatever. But you still have to have a candid conversation for them to know the 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 the, the possible impact of following the particular path. Because yeah. I remember um, um, having conversation with my sister when she wanted to go to uni and she was talking about doing some some courses and a friend was telling me about she wanted to do some psychology course. And I was just like, you know, all these things are great because there's an opportunity there. But the big but is there's so many people that even in my field now where I work, I see people that have the craziest um, degree, you know, something like music or they did something like, you know, something totally, I don't want to say useless, but actually it is useless because if you, if you studied something and you can't make use of that, it is useless because now you've studied something and you still have to pay back your student loan and then you're not actually using that thing to work yeah so, so what was what was the purpose then so for me personally i want to have that conversation with my children and you know make sure that they have a view of the potential things that they could do to get them to a, a certain point um and if they choose to do otherwise, that's fine. But I want to have had that conversation with them to see what their choices are, and not just you know tell my child you know you can be wherever you want. When the, the world is not, it's not like that. The mm. world is not the way we make it sound like you know. Just if if you're creative to, in making videos, that would make you the the next Spielberg. Maybe not. There will mm. always be people that would do it, but the majority would not make it. Yeah. No, I fully, I fully, I fully understand that. And like, just a little disclaimer: it's not that we're saying that our parents were were, were bad parents. We're just saying that how we will structure definitely our our our, our kids' upbringing will be a little bit different to theirs. The structure, the structure still remains. The principle of the structure still remains. It's just that it's not that if you don't do these things, that you know you are a black sheep. Exactly. Exactly. Because uh, I, I, I think it's, it's just about. It, so I, was gonna say, I, I think it's just about finding a balance, just like anything in life, really, isn't it? Um, like Ben said, you know, you want your kids to do well. Um, you want, but I think it's just making sure that whatever decision is made is made with a reason, right? Or it's a case of maybe they've got passion in that field, or or they're really skilled in that space. Um, not just a case of hey, I just want to be, uh, you know, something out of the blue. Are you trying to work out why, how, uh, what's what, what's your reason behind it? Um, but saying that, um, we also have to understand that in some environments, right, education is a way out. Like, we, if we're talking Africa, for instance, especially, let's look at Nigeria, we're Nigerians on this call. Let's look at Nigerian specifically, right? We have, I mean, things are changing, things are changing, granted, but we, Nigeria is an environment where, for most people, the education is a way out. Even people with education, are still struggling to get, say, get jobs or even find a foot after university or, or master's. And so, but generally, when you look at the demographics of, of, of the country and people that are doing well, it's like education is a, a big basis of where they are, where they are. You know, do you know what I mean? So, 
you know, we shouldn't sort of discount that fact. In the Western world, it's completely different. You know, you have all the facilities in the world, you know. I mean, I, I often joke that in uh, in Australia, you know, the people that make the most money, I call them the... Uh, the the wife and mats, you know, uh, and the men, you know, people that you know your carpentry, your mm-hmm. your plumbers, people that have their yeah. own business, they make a lot. I can't even begin to tell you how much money they make. When you look at how much money they make, you feel disgusted that you're working in the corporate world, honestly. Um, but you know, it is it's it's all about skill. It's an environment that's that values the skill that they bring, and they can dictate how much they charge, what they charge. But it's slightly different. You don't have that flexibility with your whole big time education in the corporate world for slightly most people. So environment does play a, a big part as to you know the decision process. Definitely. Definitely. Lads, it's been it's been a movie. Like if you guys um send me your not not many guys on Twitter, right? Most of you, most of you are Twitter observers, not so much Twitter users. Oh, yeah, exactly. That, that's that's, right. that's, that's cool. uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm on there, but I'm not on there. You guys are observers. You guys are just voyagers. Like I don't understand the the fear. Just just type your mind. <laughs> just, just type your mind into it. It's not deep. But yeah, like now it's been a it's been a pleasure. I'm, I'm trying to do more of these kind of um, pods, um, podcast shows, and stuff just to bring us back to the bring us back to what's actually just kind of driving us to do what we do in terms of like work related social related uh, and just things like that so it's been a pleasure to have you guys on um when i write this up obviously i'm going to collect your ads your instagram ads so at least people can see your face at least and this uh, and whatnot but yeah it's been a pleasure i want to find ben dyer and toby if you have any last words for young people because i realized when i was looking at data the people that listen to my my podcast in the past few months have been relatively 19 to 25 year olds we've we've passed that margin by a good x amount of years so if you have any advice for these people that and these people i believe are coming back coming to like their corporate life do you have any last words to them what would you say ben um, I would say they should just um, try to, to to think about their future more. Um, so, if I knew what I know now when I was 20, I probably would have made loads of different decisions. And I'm talking about decisions that, key decisions that would have an impact on my life and possibly my my children's life. So, don't, don't think about your future as something that is far away. The decisions you make now, you're pretty much laying the foundations for that future now. So think about the future now. Think about what you can start doing now to make your life easier in the next 20 years. Mm. What about you, Yeah, okay. So I guess in rounding up, I'll probably just um, recommend a book for everyone as well, uh, which is called The, the Millionaire Fast Lane. Um, I think MJ DeMarco or something. I can't remember the the author's name. And it, it just sort of, uh, I think towards the end of the book, it sort of just gives you sort of an overview of how to think about um, the life, the lifetime and how you plan for it. So when you're talking about fulfillment, income, 
and and sort of overall life lifetime expectancy as a young person i found that really helpful to be able to uh build and, and strategizing so because in the ever-changing seasons so um yeah my advice would be get a book read it understand it ask questions from people and don't be scared to just take that step uh that would be my my advice and thank you for having me oh no problem no problem what are you mr mr down under Um, I suppose my my advice is it's all about you know uh, planning. Uh, what's that saying that if you if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail, sort of thing. Um, I think it's for me it's about always looking at ten year projections. It's almost like where do I want to be ten years from now, right? Um, and um, I mean I, I kind of set myself like almost like a goal when I started working about 10 years ago it was okay so what do I see myself in here so I want to see myself in the senior management role blah 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 and then the the next question is to start working your way backwards so where do I need to be in five years time where do I need to be in three years time and um, but don't don't get me wrong saying that I made some mistakes in the way and some things also also panned out so it's all about looking at the sort of projection. Um, I often joke that, um, you know, I, I made some financial decisions probably eight years ago that if I was smarter, if I knew what I knew back then, I would go, no way, no way I would have made those financial decisions. Like, say, selling a house that, you know, eight years later or seven years later is now worth twice the value, right? And when I, and when I look back, I'm going, that was probably the most stupid thing to do ever. But mind you, back then, I thought, you know, This, something was going well I was you know I, I made money from it so I thought oh this is good you know for back then but now in answer I'm going hey I could have this much money right now or this much equity right now but get you know granted you learn with experience but I think it's all about sort of thinking in advance of what could be you know do you know what I mean and then when you when you look from that perspective from that lens you make um better decisions financially for your life for your welfare etc etc nice 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 <laughs> yes nice these are even i'm taking these advice and stuff so these are, these are nice advice But again once again guys thanks a lot thanks for joining me on this podcast public by us and yeah appreciate it Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on my Instagram page at est.1988. Thanks again, and I'll see you all next time.